you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. Welcome to the latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance. I am your host, Janine Garner, and it's an absolute joy to welcome you to today's podcast. Now, a little bit about uh, my next guest. Leah Kittelow is based in Johannesburg, and I met Leah via LinkedIn back in 2014 when we made one of those random connections. And over the years, we've continued to keep in touch with each other and share the work that we are doing. But it was last year that this relationship deepened where Leah reached out um, asking for some help and some support uh, with a chapter launch. Um, So she was launching a Women's Worth chapter um, within country and needed some support to make that happen. This conversation with Leah is incredibly inspiring. Um, Her purpose is very much around positively contributing towards building a legacy for future generations. She is an inspirational coacher, a brand activator, and a business coach. And she is recognized for her future-based mindset, her enthusiasm, her agility, and her focus. And her main emphasis is on finding creative and sustainable ways of maintaining a positive return on talent and investment for organizations and individuals. She's all about future-proofing the skills for ourselves and those that follow in our footsteps. She operates according to four key principles, the four C's of Celebrate, of connect, of collaborate and create. And we'll explore that a little bit in this episode. Um, Some key learnings from our conversation. uh, For her, it very much was around the power of storytelling and its ability to motivate and inspire us. She shares the story of her leaving home um, and being registered as a missing person and knowing that at that moment in time, on the back of the decision, the lesson for herself was you cannot afford to fail and how she takes that she continues to take that into her everyday work but for me one of the key um, questions that she left me with that I'm continuing to think about is this question she asked what would it look like if we were more deliberate and intentional about what we were doing and therefore the legacy we are leaving again what would it look like if we were more deliberate and intentional about our actions and our behaviors and therefore, the impact that we are leaving on our legacy um, and the, the, the impact that we are leaving for future generations. Enjoy this podcast, Settle Down, and I look forward to hearing your comments. Please enjoy the latest podcast of Unleashing Brilliance uh, with my guest, Leah Kittelow. Oh my gosh, I am super excited, Leah, to have you joining me on the podcast today. I love the fact that it's almost bedtime for you in Johannesburg and we are just waking up to beautiful sunshine and kookaburras here in Sydney. The joys of technology, right, Leah? Lovely. I just love it. The exchange, the moment. You're a dawner, I'm a dusk, you know, so um, exciting (laughs) moment. Technology is amazing. 
Oh, it's so great to have you here, and I'm really looking forward to to our chat. Um, one of the the wonderful things about technology is really, really how we met, um, which was literally via online. Um, you reached out to me probably what about twelve months ago, Leah, for an, an event that you were running. Is that right? Well, actually, Janine, the first time you and I connected was obviously technology uh, LinkedIn. We met. Um, so what what was actually happening is I used to curate content for executives readups and in that part was something about communicating networking and what's the importance of that and I work with a, a platform called Get Abstract and I'd curate content from there and I came across your book it's who you know and I thought this was such an amazing piece and it made so much sense. And it was a piece I wanted to get out there. But reading more about you and doing more research, I thought this is such a phenomenal woman. I'd love to meet her. I'd love to connect. And I sent you a message and I said, I really love your work. And I just did a piece on it's it's who you know. And you said, it's lovely to meet you. And I was like, ah. I jumped behind my PC and I was like, I can't believe it. She answered me. And I, I actually sent you back a message saying, Janine, was that you? Is somebody else doing your PR for you? And you said, why wouldn't I answer? And I was like, oh, my word. I think you made my year. That was 2017, actually. Um, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize it was that that far that far away. Goodness me! Uh, well, we'll come on to shortly about some of the amazing work that you are doing for uh, incredible uh, entrepreneurs in South Africa. But before we get there, Leah, can you can you share a little bit more with our listeners about what you do and um, maybe how you ended up here? So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, Janine. So I am a talent performance strategist. I am also an inspirational speaker and a brand activator. What the talent performance uh, aspect is, is I have a strong background in learning and performance. And so that kind of encompasses everything behind learning and performance A to Z, which is uh, kind of looking at what is the analysis, what is the need behind whatever learning intervention that needs to take place uh, with the organization is, is it a cultural, uh, does it have learning background, does it not have, where is the organization really at? Um, and then that goes into designing of learning content, uh, putting in perhaps even assessments to just see where the organization is going. Um, sometimes there's actually instructional design elements that could come in and I design learning programs there. Um, I do the implementation, which includes facilitation, remedial coaching, one-to-one -one, and different levels of the organization, of course. And that's in a nutshell, an evaluation and assessment of the learning journey, really. And that's in a nutshell, the talent performance strategy piece that I do. And inspirational speaking is I'm passionate about the world today, women in the world today, and what we're doing to make a difference and make a change. Um, and in that, I um, founded a program or workshop or journey with other women. Uh, that's a woman's worth that I'm, I'm pushing in, in the continent and hoping to grow that. And so I do inspirational talks and, and kind of put programs together to help women uh, define themselves better in purpose and journey. And I'm a brand activator as well, which is to help people understand what the difference is between having a brand and being present in your brand. And so those are three components of what I'm really about. I got here mainly because I love learning. So I'm dedicated to lifelong learning. 
anything that you challenge me with, with regards to learning, is probably of interest to me. I'll probably go and figure it out, decipher it somehow and, and do something with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what, where did that desire, uh, that want for lifelong learning come from, Leah? I think it was the, the, you know, the world is full of somebody's always there to do it for you. And someone is there to do it for you at a cost. And I like to say, well, you know, is it something that I could learn and understand so that I understand what I'm asking somebody else to do for me? Or is it something that's going to inform me to be a better person to do something different or contribute to that? And so I'm always interested and intrigued and I like to be on the same page, especially when you're asking somebody to do something for you. Uh, You don't have to be a subject matter expert at the level that they're at, but at least understand what they're explaining to you. So there's so many levels of what it is that we can learn. And there's just so much we can learn from, whether it's wellness um, and health, whether it's technology, uh, whether it's young people, whether it's women, the older generation. And I think it's also the component of Africa is so rich with storytelling that we are losing so much of that. And I'm very interested in how do we bring that back? And I guess it's just that journey of you know, what What can you learn and what? why wouldn't you want to learn more? And I think it's my curiosity. I have a nature of curious thinking. <laughs> now, there's obviously growing up in, in South Africa and you talked about the stories and the journey, um, you know, that is one, one country that has gone through such significant change over the last number of years. Can you think of a particular moment, a watershed moment in your life that has really sort of lit your inner fire to do the work that you do? So, Janine, the interesting thing is uh, I am South African because my father is South African, but I was actually, um, I grew up in Zambia. My mother is Zambian. And so the watershed moment for me was growing up there and being a teenager that was always overthinking and overprocessing things and thought that whatever challenges I was facing as a teenager then uh, with family dynamic was not um, conducive for me, I would have decided at that point. And so I, I packed my bags and I, I took off. And it was probably in the second year of me having left home that I actually dawned on me and I realized, oh my goodness, I'm, I've am i taken on my life. I am now accountable and responsible for that. And what does that really mean? Um, and for me, that was the moment, a pivotal moment and, and uh, kind of highlight of life saying, well, what this means is you can't afford to fail because you took that, that moment, you decided to kind of go, I'm walking away. And I think that would have been the pivotal moment of shifting uh, the narrative of who I am today. Mm. Who who do you think has been one of the most influential people in uh, in your your life and the way that you live your life? Hmm. You know, the first person that would come to mind is my grandmother. She was a matriarch, and you know, not by choice. You know, don't vote me in or anything like that. I don't think she even knew it necessarily. But she was a matriarch who ruled by iron fist. And she was the type of woman that didn't feed you. She taught you how to fish, rather, so you could, you know, in future figure out what you needed to do for yourself. She was an entrepreneur by heart. And, uh, you know, nothing ever stood in her way that she wouldn't take on as a challenge. 
And so uh, she had the biggest influence. And obviously me growing up in, in her household as well kind of had a huge um, impact on who I am and who I was as a child. Can you uh, share with us a particular story of um, I'm creating this wonderful picture in my mind of your grandmother is there any particular memories that you can remember of her and you know how that played out oh yes there there are quite a lot of those Um, (laughs) I can imagine Um, so I was always by her, her her skirt tail if you will so I would always be observing from the back because it was the best seat in the house because everybody else would be the <laughs> audience right but it was amazing how she would conduct her day-to-day so some of the things that she would do on day-to-day was she had an estate and then she had a restaurant and she would have lots of people that she was managing on on an average day and it was amazing how she would walk in and everybody would be stationed and get to what they needed to do um, almost as if she had groomed them into a certain way of thinking. And one specific thing for me that was actually quite interesting and experiencing with her and how she probably groomed them into that station of you need to know what you're doing was she got me at the restaurant at one point to clean out a stain, a curry stain off the table, and I couldn't do it. An hour later, I went in and I was sobbing, oh, it won't come off. And she said to me, um, you know, nothing that doesn't speak uh, should ever be a challenge that says it can't be done. And she came with a tool and she kind of uh, uh, scoured it off the table and said, there you go. You know, you should never look at anything that is a challenge to you and say it can't be done. You need to go and look for help. You need to find other options. You need to look for the opportunity. Um, she didn't say it so gently. It was quite a harsh lecture, but um, I guess it comes up, you know, her iron fist kind of rule around, don't come and tell me your table yeah. cleaned off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love the way that that sort of so beautifully links back to uh, what you said before of that decision that you made of you can't afford to fail. Isn't it interesting how there are so many links to the way that we are brought up and the people that influence our, us in our childhood to then how we live our lives? Um, so, so you you spend a lot of your personal time and energy now building um, this women's worth or these women's worth chapters um, in your part of the world. Why why is that such an important piece of your work, Leah? So, um, I guess taking you know the shot back to when I actually ran away from home as a young girl. I um, left home and I went and found a friend um, in another country, in Zimbabwe specifically, and initially didn't tell anybody I'd run away from home. And when everybody else figured it out, they didn't kick me off and go, well, you've got to go back or go to the street. They actually continued to help me. People supported me. People reached out to me, which was, you know, years later, reflecting on that was just so phenomenal. It's like, oh my word, this is amazing that people could reach out for me um, and, and be so helpful and kind. But at that point in time, it wasn't so obvious. It was just experiencing living. Years later, fast forward, I'm in this role where I'm working across the continent and I'm in and out of airports and in and out of countries. One of the things that I experienced was, well, I traveled with guys and 
um, it was fun when they were around because it's, you know, men kind of find it easy to kind of get around and get to know places. And when I was traveling alone, I would meet these amazing, phenomenal women within these organizations or uh, within my, my trip um, element. And when they were done with whatever work business, they would be going home, um, you know, and I would be curious about, so what's at home? What kind of food do you eat? What's the culture like? Um, and they would leave me at the hotel and I'd have to eat the hotel food. <laughs> so one, I wanted to know about the culture and their lives and I wanted them to take me home in their uh, little uh, backpack. Um, the other was, you know, just observing the different women across the continent and just how much they gave was phenomenal to me. It was so amazing. And I always just wanted to, how do you share the story? How do you get this to be exponential in storytelling so that it actually motivates other people? And so this is where it started to saying, oh my goodness, I know somebody who's just like you that I could connect with you. Oh my word, this is very amazing if I could take your story and share it with everybody else that's going through something that they could learn from your story. So this is really where it started to kind of get to being a concept um, and putting it together and kind of going, okay, so how does this thing start and how does it ignite into a flame and, and then grow so that we are all actually contributing to making a difference. And I guess that's it. And Yeah, wow. And what do, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges? So in your work and the, the communities that you work with, organisations and, and these women as part of the Women's Worth chapter, um, you know, looking at, looking from a different perspective and looking in, what do you see as the biggest challenges right now that people are uh, trying to overcome? I think for a lot of women, it's self-identity. Um, what what does that mean? What is my purpose? Uh, and, and who am I? And what do I do in the bigger picture? And how do I do all of that and still be a mom and still um, achieve the things that I'm supposed to do that I've already got going? And the lessons are... I think one of the things that you said at the beginning of this is it's amazing how we all want to achieve so much, um, but where do we get the information from? Who supports mm -hmm. us? And so everybody's almost ready to do something, doesn't know where to, so we fall back into comfort zones. It's the easiest space. Let me just go back to doing what I need to do because this is going to disrupt, you know, coming up with new ideas or contributing where I should Or, or think or want to is actually just going to disrupt what I already have going. Um, so some of the challenges is women just wanting, either wanting to contribute, needing to identify who they are by purpose, or how do I make my purpose part of my life, my work, and everything else that I do. And what, because I have no doubt that there are many listening to this podcast right now that are nodding their heads and going, yep, that's me. I am sat in comfort zone and I'm not moving forward. From your experience and in the context of becoming more brilliant and unleashing brilliance, what, what examples have you got of women that have pushed through and are doing some incredible things as a result of however they're put, they've pushed through push through that challenge so i'm going to go to the most recent um event that we had which was in zambia we launched a woman's worth chapter there and that, that was really a 
four-year journey and conversations with different women to going, how do we piece this together and how do we get it together? Uh, but beautifully came together with other women also coming to the initiative. One specific woman that, uh, you know, has been in conversation for years and has been looking for her purpose and her identity and wanting to really do something that impacts and makes a positive difference to society, um, got awarded from one of the sponsors to the event, uh, an agricultural um, grow drip, which is uh, irrigation system that drips water and saves water because obviously there's a challenge with uh, water access in Zambia. Uh, there's a shortage of water supply. And so it's how do you preserve water by grow crops and do it at a small scale, be a small scale farmer and contribute to the bigger picture. And she started this project in December and is actually in journey uh, to harvest this in, in handshake with the sponsor, which is phenomenal. And it's changed her life. Um, and, and those are the moments where you sit back and you go, wow, look at it at fruition. It's, it's so amazing. So she's one of the ladies that's actually um, inspiring, that keeps me going and going, you know, even if you shift one person at a time, it's actually amazing to watch and wanting to continue to contribute and how do we get these stories told and share that. And so she's learning to be a small urban farmer right now, which is something completely new in her life. How does it make you feel when um, you look at that from the context of on the back of an initiative that that you've been brave enough to create, you are creating this multiplier effect of change. How, how are you feeling about that? It's so humbling, Janine. It's such a humbling mm-hmm. experience, you know, to think that, you know, you all you need to do is one small contribution, one positive contribution. So I, I came up and designed a tool uh, that helped me do this because, you know, it could be overwhelming because one of the things about a woman's worth and the biggest challenges of driving something like that is it doesn't have financial funding. So it's not backed by any financial contribution to it. It's amazing people that actually you will reach out to and it's amazing what people will say, I've got this and I'll give you this so you can help these women do this. And and that continues to be so humbling. But the tool that I designed and built is called the four C's. Um, and it takes a moment to kind of go, so what are the four C's? And the, the first one is to celebrate. You know, just take the time to firstly celebrate yourself. And as you do that daily, you learn to actually celebrate others. So you want to kind of see what other people are doing so you can appreciate that in, in true form. So celebrate is just the thing that helps me keep grounded and go, wow, that's amazing. And the second one is to connect, you know, meaningful connections. Um, how do you go about making meaningful connections that then materialize to giving results? How do you, what does, what defines a meaningful connection um, and, and how do you establish that so you continue to grow? Because once we have those meaningful connections in place, the next C, which is to collaborate, becomes simpler. We are able to collaborate better because we understand each other better. And we see opportunities to collaborate, not just for ourselves, but for others too. So we help others connect as well. And the last C is to create. Um, and a story that I just shared with um, the lady that's, um, in the uh, doing the urban agri- agriculture right now it's just created an opportunity that's amazing and from her if she pays it forward other women will learn from her it's amazing we can shift the narrative and the challenges that you know we say we're facing today if we unite and make a difference and so yeah that that keeps me grounded 
I love that, Leah. I'm going to play it back to you because I want you to do those four C's on yourself. Um, so tell me, you know, when we come to you as an as an incredible woman that's doing such awesome things within your continent, how do you implement those four C's? So let's start with celebrate. What does that mean for you? Sitting is firstly getting to understand you know, who you are. And that's a long self journey, self leadership, uh, observation of self. And I think for me, I've kind of gone into a place where I actually realize what my purpose is. Um, and my purpose for me was it's larger than me, larger than my life. And so the, 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 the purpose statement for me is to positively contribute towards building a legacy for our future generations. And I when looked at that, I was like, oh my goodness, this is huge. How do I do that? Where do I start? And so celebrate was just that. It was to, well, just start by celebrating you and, and just be thankful for everything that you've got. Now that you are thankful, look around you and look at how many more amazing people are doing something positive. Now, how do you bring that together so you're all celebrating something worthwhile together? And I think that's what celebrate means for me. And you talked about in that that sentence self leadership, um, and you know one of the things I I talk about in my work is not only understanding the great stuff um, that you're bringing to your work, but equally getting an appreciation and starting to love. I call them the jiggly bits, the pieces that you would rather hide because we're, we're not all super women. Mm. Um, you know, we're not all wonderfully shiny diamonds every single moment of the day. What, what are some of, what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself, Leah, that you, you've learned to love that previously you might have try to to hide or pretend didn't exist that actually in hindsight are all part of you leading yourself so the you know the wow that's a great question janine um it took a while i think purpose has helped me and the the purpose and forces have really helped me come to form of who i am i couldn't network I, i was an introvert i had a if i was going to an event i had to think 50 times about, okay, who do I speak to? I've got to find a familiar face and then I've got to get into checkpoint. What are they going to say? So do I need to prep something? What's the theme of this event? What must I talk about? Um, and then I'd stand somewhere awkwardly because I just didn't know what conversation to fit into. Um, or I just felt awkward about being alone or just observing. Must I say something now? Should I wait? Or will somebody invite me to a conversation? So I think that was one of the most awkward things about me before. And now I kind of go, okay, it's a moment to listen. It's a moment to observe. It's a moment that I'm more comfortable with the fact that I'm, you know, I, I come to the party with what I've got in that moment and, and more comfortable mm-hmm. with myself. And I think that was one of the biggest learning moments about what's changed. Mm. I'd love, yeah, learning to love yourself, I think, warts and all is part of the key. Now, talk to me about connect and collaborate as part of your four C's for yourself. What does that mean in terms of how you're uh, continuing to live your life and do your work? You know, Janine, people can't get anywhere in life if you don't have meaningful connections. And one of the things working in corporate, I, I mirrored it back into the general context of life. Um, when you're in corporate, if you're going to get anybody to do anything for you, when you work with other people, 
is you have to build and establish meaningful connections with them. Because if you don't, nobody's really doing anything you want them to do. There is no cohesion. And, and, and getting to know people is quick. I mean, a lot of times clients would say to me, exactly what will you do to build a relationship? Because there's not a lot of time to hang around and chit-chat. <laughs> and, and it could be a small, simple thing, like Janine has her coffee at 8 a.m. and loves to have her coffee at 8 a.m. So how do you, um, uh, you know, catch her then when she's making it? And don't interrupt her for the next hour because she's she's deep into whatever she's doing right then. Then, and it's small little things that count to establish a relationship. But also, when you get that moment, make it meaningful. Um, you know, how's your evening? How's your? Uh, we we just don't take the moments to be present to acknowledge the other person, but totally tune in. We're either doing it while we're distracted on the phone, or you know. Uh, or doing other things or just being about everything else but being present. And so for me, connect is really important because I think it's being present to understand and, is, and grow a relationship. And that takes um, commitment. And to collaborate, you know, only if, if you have a meaningful connection with, you know, it's, it's difficult to say, can you be connected to every single person? No, but it starts to help you understand when you're in a situation, what are the things that are important for you to collaborate with somebody else? Is this in place? Is trust in place? Is respect in place? Um, and, and the things that are meaningful in a relationship for you are the things that are, will be meaningful to collaborate with the other person or not. Um, and I think that's important. Um, and I think th that's what connect and collaborate mean for me. Mm. Fabulous. And uh, great. So so what's what's next for you in the creation piece what does what's this what's the next step given your purpose is so strong but when you can't think about create where are you evolving moving what else is on your plan uh, that's ever evolving Janine I think <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and that's why I came up with the four c's because you know every day is, is a learning moment and I think that's where the love learning and dedicated to lifelong learning comes in is it you know today could be something that's created but you've got to also be agile or flexible or be able to let go now that I've helped the women establish Zambia the the it's to continue to support them is to continue to how do I contribute so that those initiatives keep going but to also be able to let go and take that flame somewhere else and kind of go, somebody else also needs that. And it's almost kind of carrying the torch and, and helping other women kind of establish those communities. And there are so many of them. Um, something you also pointed out is some programs are really about the limelights of it all. These uh, chapters are really about the women that don't have that platform, that don't have that voice, that just want that kind of sharing shared insight how do I grow what do I do but also feel safe enough um, and so I help share those tools um, you know how and how do you do that so I impart what my experience is and celebrate they share their parts and what that looks like and so forth and we just keep growing that so I think for me is you know I keep saying how do we how do we make it worthwhile and I kind of always go what am I going to do next to make it come together because what would have worked for one country is not necessarily going to work for the other, or one chapter is not going to be the same as the other, and the initiatives or the 
challenges that they face will be completely different. So it's approaching it with a new set of eyes or a fresh pair mm. of thinking thoughts, uh, thinking bubbles. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And and you talk about the the challenges uh by country are different. What are what are some of the biggest challenges that um these incredible female business owners, entrepreneurs are facing right now that you think are consistent um irrespective of country? I think what's consistent and what I try and say to everybody is be careful how you rush into the idea that you want funding. Somebody started something, a concept, and, and that's put a business plan together, go to the bank and get yourself a loan or get some funding going. And I kind of start from grassroots and say to everybody, wait a minute, it's like a CV. You've got to put together a resume of what it is that you're applying for for a job. Nobody's going to give you a job just because you put out a CV. You've got to uh, apply for what's real. Um, and so the whole concept of entrepreneurship is what's your talent, you know, because if you're going to go out there and say, well, I want to make money, great. But what is your talent? What are you really about? Because if you understand who you're about and you understand what you want to achieve, it makes it easier for you to go, well, I need to just start from the grassroots and then figure it out and it'll all come together. So I think the biggest challenges that everybody's trying to figure out is everybody's always trying to rush out for how will I get funding to do this? And then looking at the first step, which is what is what what are my talents and what are my capabilities um, that will actually get me to earn whatever it is that I need to earn? Mm. You also um, have mentioned a couple of times about the power of storytelling and um, its ability to motivate and inspire others. Is there a particular story that you remember that um, influenced you and what you're doing or that keeps you going? Is there a particular story you can share with our listeners? I think it's, you know, it goes, I always say if, if you share a story, it's either one that inspires others to get a shift and, and going mm. um, or one that's actually going to be uh, a, a future-provoking one. And so for me, what got me going was my own journey and understanding some of those challenges. And it made it easier for me to understand what other people could be facing and why it's difficult for us to speak out or sometimes support each other. Our fears, our these zones that we get into from comfort, fear, and, and how do we get to that growth zone. For me, it was being this young girl that took a backpack and left home and was bold enough to just go and explore and find life. It sounds easy. Would I do it now? No, I think my brain's fully formed now. But then it was like, go and do it. And it was amazing. Nothing stood in the way. And I remember the one time when, when everybody had established that I'd run away from home and that I, had, I, wasn't, I wasn't planning to go back. And they said, so what will you do? I said, well, I obviously need to get a job. And um, my friend's older sister said, well, you know, jobs don't come easy. What are you willing to do? And I said, well, you know, I could mop the floors in a restaurant. I could be behind the till. I could serve the tables. What is there? And I'm willing to try it out if somebody's able to give me an opportunity and a chance. 
and they did. They, 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 well, they didn't get me to, to mop floors. My first job was actually to sell cars and they gave me a whole lot of things to learn and read from. And I took it and embraced it and I went with it. But it was the fact that somebody was willing to give me a chance and give me the opportunity that I wanted to pay back, to pay it forward. How do I do that? But also today we are faced with so many challenges that we are caught up in our own little comfort zones and we're not thinking about tomorrow. So much is going wrong. Some of these challenges are things that we ourselves can fix just by contributing in small little incremental contributions that will make a huge impact and a huge change, a huge shift globally. And so how do we do that? So I think that mm. would be a story for me that I would share and say, you know, dig deep. Every single one of us actually has something to give. Every one of us has something to share that can shift somebody and can inspire somebody to do something big. That's just fabulous. What did, um, I'm curious, how did your family respond when you chose to, I think you mentioned I ran away and then they finally realized that I'd gone and I wasn't coming back. <laughs> what did your family say? <laughs> So I come from um, a background with a family that's, uh, you know, well-structured, if I could call it that. So nobody actually ever steps out of rule. <laughs> so mm-hmm. doing that was out of character. You could call me the little black sheep, but, you know, teenage minds can, can sometimes do that. And my, my, the first reaction was obviously they sent out um, missing 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 persons I think they put up missing person posters um and of course I'd lied about where I'd gone to because I'd said I'd gone to Livingston which is a a a city outside the capital city about five hours away and they they my my father my grandmother went around looking for me and there was no hope because I wasn't there I was in Zimbabwe right um and when I returned home was about two years later and when I walked into um the, the the property and got home and my grandmother was sitting outside in, in the orchard. She looked at me and she said, what are you doing here? What do you want here? And I was like, I'm home. And she said, get out. <laughs> and I was like, no, but I'm home. And she says, you're a disgrace to this family. You've been disowned. You don't want anything mm-hmm. to you. You need to go. And my response was, no, um, I'm here to visit. <laughs> you know, so um, I guess having been brought up with the iron fist that did move me so much, but you know, they, 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 they were kind of torn about the fact that I had done that and being an only child, it, it definitely devastated my mom and dad, but they, they're fine. Mm-hmm. They got, they got to terms with the fact that I'm always challenging the norm. You've renegotiated. When I was in uh, Harvard last year, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things we learned about was the renegotiating the contracts with all of these voices in our heads to allow us to move forward. So essentially, that's what you did, right? You renegotiated the the contract of what it meant to be a, a daughter and a woman. Absolutely, yes. And I think that's more important. I think sometimes we hold on too much. We're too protective as parents. We are... You, you, with everything that's going wrong around the world, we we only want to protect our children by the thoughts of what we or the experiences that we've seen and and felt, um, and perhaps that was some of the reasons my family had to being so strict and and clamping down. For me, as a teenager, it was like this is this is ridiculous. I've got to get out. I've got to find freedom. Mm. So 
it, it's those thoughts mm. that recontract in our minds, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful to to witness the work that you are doing. If you could, um, if we could grab your grandmother and get her on this podcast right now, what would you say to her? Oh, see, look what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I would tell say, me more. Yeah, I would say to her, "Did you expect less? I mean, you, you were a <laughs> challenger. You know, I, I had to do that. I had to benchmark that. You know, um, I, I would, I would thank her. I would thank her for her um, insights. I would, I would ask her actually, and say, you know, not everybody's got the skill and the talent to learn. Well, I, I love learning. I'm dedicated to lifelong learning. But if she had to repackage some of the stuff that I learned so that we were being deliberate about legacy, what would she have done differently? You know? um, but overall, thanking her for the amazing lessons and the journey that have definitely helped mold who I am and shape me as a woman today. Mm. And just before we go, I'm just going to push a little bit more on that. So for when you said to her, you'd ask her what she would do differently with your life learning and what you are experiencing now as a woman of your generation, um, what what advice would you give her in terms of what to do differently? Because therein lies the learning for all of us. I think the old school generation, in my opinion, were not so and, and a lot of us today as well not so deliberate about what we do we we're thoughtful about okay I need to be a parent and I need to achieve this and these kids need to learn this you know um, and and she taught as the journey went on the challenge about being deliberate was she worked so hard and achieved so much and there was so much to learn from her um, that you can see has passed on to the different generations in the family and other people that she influenced. But none of it was deliberate. What would it look like if we were all being deliberate about what we wanted to leave behind? If they put a poster up, a book up, what would you want that to be? What is the legacy you want to leave behind? So what would her deliberate legacy have been? Um, would she have wanted a specific storyline about what it is that she wanted as an impact um, or was it or, or was it actually all orchestrated was it well thought through did she know that that's what she was imparting and 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 that's what I would want to know how would it be structured differently so that other people would you know a, a lot of um, families or lifestyles today are about generational wealth you pass that on how do you manage it how do you take it on Imagine being a legacy builder that can shift, impact the world because of a story you shared or some a lesson that mm-hmm. you and it was packaged enough and it can be a case study that's given to so many other children or generations to come um, and how remarkable that would become when you put it together and what kind of storyline that would be. And so I guess that would be what I would want to ask her. Gosh, that is so powerful. And um, I'm just going to quickly pray see that for our listeners of you know your challenge there for all of us is what what would it look like if we were more deliberate and more intentional about the legacy that we are leaving and the impact that we are having I mean that's pretty 
pretty powerful stuff to think about in terms of our everyday behaviors. Um, so I will definitely be going away and thinking about that. Leah, in the context of that, my, my, we could talk for hours and hours. I'm just <laughs> sat here writing and scribbling notes. Um, but in the context of that question or that comment, that statement, that, that call to action for all of us, um, what, what do you want to be remembered for? What's, what's the legacy you want to leave? I want to be remembered for how I positively contributed to building a legacy for our future generations, specifically through the four C's. How do I continue to pass that on? As many people as, as can use it, as many people as can replicate it, as many people that can do something different with it, take the time to celebrate you today, but also celebrate others and what they contribute and how they positively shape the world. Take the time to be meaningful in every relationship and every connection that you have. Um, collaborate with meaning, collaborate with purpose, collaborate positively, make a positive impact and create something new, shift the narrative. All the things that we face today, the pain globally, we can shift that narrative. It's in our hands. And so those are the things I would like to be remembered for. Leah, it has been an absolute joy to spend my moment, my morning with you. Thank you for staying up so late. Um, and I am so grateful to have you in my world now. And I want to say a huge thank you for the legacy that you are already leaving for all of the incredible people that have the opportunity uh, to come into your orbit um, in terms of you helping them unleash their brilliance too. So thank you so much, Leah. It's been an absolute joy to chat to you this morning. Thank you, Janine. It was lovely um, to be on Unleashing Brilliance and, and I look forward to our journey together and, and establishing such a meaningful relationship that keeps growing. So thank you so much. And thank you to everybody that tuned in and everybody that's going to listen to this podcast. I hope that it's meaningful for them too. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books, or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results. <laughs>